0: This is Carl Zinsmeister with Sweet Charity, a series of stories about how private giving solves public problems, adapted from the Almanac of American Philanthropy. A full generation of bubbling school reform brought America higher proficiency standards, new tests for teachers and children, and fresh alternatives for families. These included charter schools, improved forms of Catholic schools, and a bloom of private scholarships that let needy children escape terrible government-run institutions in inner cities and elsewhere. And much of this burst of school innovation was driven by philanthropy. But now, the bureaucratic empire protecting the status quo in education is striking back hard. Example 1. The Houston Public School Board recently announced they will no longer allow bright, enthusiastic volunteers from the Teach for America program to serve in their district. TFA, some board members complained, undermines union power. Example two, two decades of explosive growth in charter schools from zero campuses to more than 7,000 coasted to a near halt in the latest year. Example three, in cities like Boston and New York, where children attending charter school alternatives have chalked up remarkable results, political leaders are nonetheless resisting new charters and making it hard for them to procure buildings. Example four, the scholarship program in Washington, D.C. that has given more than 11,000 poor children a chance to attend private schools hangs by a thread after being repeatedly targeted for shutdown in recent years. And example five, in Pennsylvania, where the state assembly and state senate voted to raise the cap that prevents more needy children from getting private school scholarships, the governor issued a veto last week, under pressure from teacher unions. None of this is good news for friends of school reform and educational excellence. This downturn, however, needn't be permanent because measured in hard results, student proficiency, and parental satisfaction, the record of classroom innovators is actually quite strong. Just three years ago, I discussed that evidence in an interview with radio host Mark Vandermoss. Amidst today's steady drip of bad news for school reform, I decided that digging out a chunk of that interview might be a good throwback Thursday episode to cheer up sweet charity listeners. Mark asked me if the track records of charters and other alternative schools are actually better than equivalent government-run schools. Here's my answer. There are now something like 7,000 different charter schools, Mark, and about half of all the kids in charter schools go to a charter school that's a, that's a single-campus operation, and it's not part of a network. Or it's, so basically, these are kind of mom-and-pop operations that have been built up from, from scratch, and they do vary. I mean, I think it's really important to be honest and say there are poor charter schools out there. There is a big group in the middle and then there is a very exceptionally large group uh, that are exceptional. And we need to keep working on the poor schools, closing them down is that's the great thing about charters. It's impossible, as you know, to close down a, a poor public school. Poor charter schools get closed down every year in the hundreds and they get replaced by better schools. So that is the trend, the big tide that's happening is that charters every year get a little better, get a little better, get a little better and they become more numerous. The and to answer your question frontally, it's it's very unfair and inaccurate as this kind of social science proposition to say that charters are just like other schools, or no better than, or only look good because they take the best students. Those are easy things for economists to adjust for. That's what economists were born to do: was to to sort of compare, uh, you know, kids from the same family, one who went to a charter school, one who went to a public school in the same neighborhood. That's those sorts of tests have been run, and there's no question but that the uh, the average charter. School school is producing a much better result today than the average uh, public school uh, with the same kind of child. And again, it's very good researchers from places like Stanford that are now saying that there's the best studies, if any of our listeners are real um, numbers um, weenies, uh, are done by a group called Credo, C-R-E-D-O, out of Stanford. And they've done these, as I say, very sophisticated studies. And uh, so, yeah, we, we know that this is, a, this is a better way to go. And as I say, we also know we have a lot to learn and need to continue to improve. And, the, and the, 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 that blast-off curve, that sort of you know, airplane taking off into the sky, we've just lifted off. And now we're starting to really crank upward and, and have impressive results. The first thing you have to do, though, is to get, a, get beyond this idea of uh, making excuses. I mean, that's the problem we had with our public schools during the 60s and 70s and early 80s before we began to get competition was that they, the, the, the unions and the teachers and the administrators all said, oh, these are kids with so many issues. They come to school with so much poverty and so much family dysfunction. You couldn't do any better. You know, we're doing the best we can. There is You cannot have excellence with th- this kind of demographic uh, background w- with children. And the really wonderful thing about charter schools and good Catholic schools is that they've put the lie to that proposition. They've shown that they can take that exact population and lead them to good results. The nationwide demographics, Mark, if our listeners are interested, is that three-quarters today of all the children in charter schools, and there are about three million of all of those kids who are in charter schools today, three-quarters are a minority, And uh, about 55% of them are are in deep poverty, and the rest are in in low-income families. Uh, A very large fraction of them are also single-parent families. So these are are kids who do not have a lot of advantages. These are not kind of the cream of the crop. These are kids that really deserve and need society's help to kind of get over some humps that they were born into. And that's the group that charters are doing well above average with. Carl let's turn to uh, your day job at Philanthropy Roundtable and how uh, what 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 role does private philanthropy uh, either individuals or, or organizations what role can private philanthropy play in uh, supporting education reform efforts like charter schools? Often we think of, of this as a, a simple matter of government funding, but how does private philanthropy play into this uh, this reform effort? Well, that's a good and important question. You know, charter schools are public schools. As probably many of our listeners know, they are funded by the respective state and city, once they're up and running, on a per-pupil basis. However, you first got to get up and running. And almost none of the states participate in that process. They are not willing to help you hire the teachers. They're not willing to help you train your principals. They are not willing to help you acquire a building. They will not write your curriculum for you. So those are big expenses that have to come from someplace other than public funding. And that's where donors have kicked in, Mark. Uh, Philanthropy has been hugely important as a kind of a spark plug to get charter schools opened and established and staffed with good people. And then once they're up and running, they are eligible for public reimbursements. On the private and religious school side, the importance of philanthropy is even greater. There are no public reimbursements for those kids. So uh, first of all, the parents bear a tuition load in in all of those kinds of schools. And philanthropy is used very heavily to kind of reduce that tuition load, to, to try to create as many scholarships as possible so the kids who are in need can attend those schools where they have a really crummy alternative as a public school. So In both of those sectors, philanthropy has been huge, but maybe the biggest role I would say, Mark, is that philanthropy has been a a kind of an inventor, a kind of a risk-taking force that said, this is not good enough. We're not willing to sort of make these excuses that I was just describing five minutes ago. We, We have to try something dramatically different. And they have broken out of this kind of bureaucratic mindset that a lot of the big school districts get into, and they've tried some some really different things. As I say, much longer school years, longer school days, hiring teachers that don't have conventional credentials. They just hire a physics major to teach physics. That might sound like common sense, but it's illegal in a public school. <laughs> uh, you have to have someone who's got a teacher's credential to to teach physics. So those are the kinds of areas where philanthropy has been really important in breaking the mold. Philanthropy uh, is, is a... Uh... A catalyst for innovation in that sense. That's great. So that was from 2016 when the education reform movement was in a much better state than it is today. But guess what? Three years from now, the tides will have shifted again. The push to improve schools may well be back in full swing. And those of you listening to this could help blow away today's dark clouds. If you are a donor trying to put better alternatives within reach of kids in crummy schools, don't give up. These are tough days for education reform, but the crucial data on outcomes still say that reform is working. The backlash now underway is all about power politics rather than powerless children. That can't last and eventually will reverse. As they say, the darkest hour is often just before dawn. For Sweet Charity, this has been Carl Zinsmeister. And for more tales from the Almanac of American Philanthropy, find the book at Amazon. I want to live. I want to give. I've been a miner for